28,000 people. Turkey, Syria, 28,000 people died due to this earthquake, this uh, avenue of mass destruction. We can praise God that there were hundreds of thousands spared from such a disaster. As we continue our series in Abraham, I return to chapter 19 this morning in Genesis where we read a story of mass destruction. A story where two wicked, evil cities had reached their sin in full measure and God comes down by means of fire and destroys every man, woman, children, and living creature in these two cities. Both of the cities, the only people to be spared was Lot and his two daughters. Another story of mass destruction, and as we continue our series on Abraham and his journey of faith, we meet a God who is not just a God who is loving, but a God who is a God of justice, and sins must be punished. I'm going to invite Carrie to come forward and read this story with you. In fact, she's going to be reading at different times during the message. So I would encourage you to take your Bibles out in front of you and the, and the chairs in front of you. She'll come forward at this time to read from Genesis 19, and we open the Word of God. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. 
but his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus, he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he had brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. How many of you have been to Tennessee? And how many of you have been to Dollyville or Dollywood, whatever it's called? Is it Dollywood? Dollywood. Two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago already, I understand that Dolly came out with a new song on her birthday. Um, and the title of that song was Don't Make Me Have to Come Down There. Don't make me have to come down there. Uh, and this is what she writes, which gave her the uh, stimulation to write this song. Dolly recounts the dream that she had before writing this song. Last night I had a dream about God, she writes. He was standing on the mountaintop looking down around in such dismay, she sings. And in my dream I heard him say, Don't make me have to come down there, my children. You had best beware, if you don't pay attention, consequences will be dire. Don't make me have to come down there. I don't know if Dolly knew this or if other people now who are hearing these words as they're sung on, on the radio, uh, but what she is, is uh, singing is a great 
biblical truth. Um, something about what happens which makes God often come down here and have dire consequences because of the sins of humanity. And as we go forward in this message, I want you to hear one of the first places we read about such sins against humanity as we hear the words from Genesis 6. Genesis 6. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe away from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. The sins of humanity at the time of Noah first uh, had reached their limit. Just think about that concept for a moment. Where, where, where the sin of humanity uh, can reach a limit that they cannot go beyond. We read in this story that every inclination that they had was evil. Uh, it said of Noah in 2 Peter 2 verse 5, that he, did not, he who did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on the ground sent Noah, protected Noah who was a preacher of righteousness. So Noah had warned the people in his day, if your wickedness continues, you will be destroyed. Mass destruction. And of course they laughed at him. No one repented. He gave them the warning. If you don't pay attention, dire consequences. Don't Make me have to come down there. Most of you know the story. There was no repentance. They paid no attention to Noah's warning. Swindoll writes in one of his books, God's mercy has an expiration date. I want you to keep that phrase in mind as we go through this message. God's mercy has an expiration date. And that date arrived for the wicked in Noah's day. And there were dire consequences. Boys and girls, what was the dire consequence of sinning of the people in Noah's day? Flood. A flood that covered the whole face of the earth. A, a flood that destroyed every living creature and human being. God wanted to do a do-over. Because the sin had reached such a limit. He spared, however, who did he spare? Noah and his family. He spared some. Is the flood ever going to come again, boys and girls? How do we know that? Because he has a rain. Yes, he has a rainbow, right? Never again will I destroy the world in a flood like I've done before. Don't make me have to come down there. If you don't pay attention, consequences will be dire. 
Consider now Abraham's journey and the days of Abraham. Now we go forward some 350 years, and we read in Genesis 19 that the sins of humanity had reached their full measure again in two cities, that of Sodom and that of Gomorrah. And um, one of the biggest sins, we maybe don't quite understand this, but in that day, one of the greatest sins was the sin of, of not being hospitable to people. Another one was unrestrained sexual perversions, including homosexuality. Ezekiel chapter 16 tells us more about what kind of sins were very visible in these cities. The author writes, Now there was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor. They did not help the needy. They were haughty and did, not, and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them, as you have seen. And then in Jude, verse 7, In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Don't make me have to come down there. Did God have to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you recall the words from Genesis 18, this chapter just prior? The Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great that their sin is so grievous that I will go down there. And see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. Don't make me have to come down there. If you don't pay attention, the consequences are going to be dire. But as in the days of Noah, so were the people at Sodom and Gomorrah. They paid no attention. They paid no attention. There was no repentance. And we know that God's mercy has an expiration date. We have a merciful God, a loving God, a God who desires that no one should perish, but we know that God's mercy has an expiration date, and that date arrived for Sodom and Gomorrah, and they faced and experienced the dire consequences, burning sulfur from the skies. And both of these wicked cities and every one and thing in them was completely destroyed, sparing Lot and his two daughters. Don't make me have to come down there. If you don't pay attention, consequences will be dire. I want you to consider with me for a moment a few of the New Testament passages. First of all, Carrie is going to read from Matthew and Luke regarding how Jesus talked about Sodom and Gomorrah as a warning to those people in the New Testament. And then she's going to be reading from 2 Peter, where in two different places, God gives a warning through Peter of what's going to happen to everyone just before the time of Jesus' coming, when the earth and all the wickedness in it will be destroyed. Let's hear these words together. Matthew 11, verses 20 to 24. 
Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Luke 17, 26 to 30. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. 2 Peter 2, verses 4 through 10. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless. For that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh, and despise authority. 2 Peter 3, verses 3 through 13. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it, is, as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forgot that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. 
The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. The sense of humanity uh, throughout history reach a limit, a, a limit that God sets, and, and he deals with them in time. And we read in, in the New Testament that the sense of humanity, this world that we live in, are going to reach their limit as well. Uh, and they need, people need to repent. Now, some people don't like to hear about repentance and the warning and about judgment and, well, you know, in the, in the church that I grew up in, I remember some of you had this as well. We heard quite a bit about it. People want to hear all about the loving God today, which is wonderful because he is. But God's also a God of justice. And when sin reaches a limit or its full measure, God's got to deal with it. And we just read in Peter how he deals with that as well at the end of time. If you don't pay attention, consequences are going to be dire. Don't make me have to come down there. Jonathan Edwards used to preach during the, the time of, of spiritual uh, uh, awakening. And they preached a lot of sermons on God's mercy has an expiration date. And they let people clearly know that if you do not repent, you will go to hell. Nobody wants to hear that. We don't hear it a lot today. But we got to hear what Abraham had to see and experience in his day. Noah, what he experienced. Peter, what he was experiencing. And now you as well as I. We, we all need to know, as the scriptures are clear in Second Peter. There's a day coming where because people no longer paid attention to God and did not repent, they would face the dire consequences. Sometimes when you witness to people, you got to eventually get to that. This need for repentance. Because Jesus is going to return when sin has reached its limit. And the second coming of Jesus. And we read that the world we now live in will be destroyed completely. Not with a flood. God promised you would never do that. But not with fire. With fire. Completely destroying in ashes the heaven and the earth that we now live in. And only those who have repented, only those who have come to Christ, will be spared. The few from the many who will be destroyed. The good news in, as, as we read in Romans 8, verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay? We should be, many of you here this morning, those listening if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you, you have nothing to fear. 
You have nothing to fear because Jesus took our sins upon himself. Our sins come to their full measure. But Jesus, regarding the cross and regarding the resurrection, says, let, let me take the full measure of your sin upon myself. I'll go to the cross. I'll die. And you can be made right with God through my perfect obedience. You can be made right with God. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the, really the big question you have to ask this morning is, and to be sure of, am I in with Jesus? Am I in Christ Jesus in my life? Is Jesus Christ my Lord and my Savior? And have I truly repented of my sin and my sins? That's a big, big deal. We're trying to show you uh, from the days of Noah to the days when Jesus returns that God still says, don't make me have to come down there. If you don't pay attention, the consequences are going to be dire. In the age of, of the spiritual awakening with, with Jonathan Edwards, where there was a lot of hell and damnation preaching, hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ. God used that time in our Christian history to draw people to Jesus Christ. And you need to know, even though you don't like to hear it, you need to know if you do not repent, you will go to hell. Oh, people only want to believe in heaven. The Bible talks about heaven. I believe in the heaven, but I don't believe in hell. Well, the Bible talks about a hell as well, and it's a fire. It's just like the sulfuric acid kind of stuff. And if you don't give your life to Jesus Christ, that is where your destiny lies. Ruth Graham once said, if God doesn't punish America for their sins, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. I thought, wow, how prophetic. And the same things go for you and for me. God is so full of mercy. He waits, uh, Peter, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, which we heard, he says the reason he hasn't come back yet is because he's still waiting for some to come to repentance, those who belong to him. But God's mercy does have an expiration date. And again this morning, as, as so many of you have heard before, it's a call to repentance. Stop worrying about everybody else's sin. Stop looking or condemning other people because of their sin. You need to look at your own sin in yourself. And in repentance, because God is merciful to come to Christ. You see, we're still in the day of grace. Hebrews talks about this quite a bit. We are still in the day of grace. We are still in the day of salvation. And that day will end when our sins, or the sins of this world, I should say, have reached their full measure. And that is the day when Jesus will return. Oh, he is coming back. Don't make me have to come down there. He's going to come back down here. And he'll take with him those who belong to him, those who repent and come to him in saving faith. He'll take them back into glory with him. And then uh, living in this new heaven and earth, which I'll be preaching on in three or four weeks. But to others, uh, you've got to face the dire consequences. You don't like to hear it, but you have to hear it. You can only receive the warning. You will not go to heaven. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. There is a hell, and it's real, and it's punishment. And that day will come because Jesus is 
coming down here one more time. So let me challenge you this morning or give you this warning again this morning. You don't have to go to hell. You can come to Christ in repentance and faith. We'd like to tell you about him. There's such a peace that God gives us when, when, when you are in Christ, when, when you understand what he did for you on the cross. And life is so short here. And maybe you just got to step back in your life, out of the busyness of your life, and to say, to seek God and to say, Lord, well, I've been hearing about this for some time, but I've never really taken that step to come to Christ and to be saved in the saving grace and faith that you offer. And maybe today, one, you'll hear this warning again as you live on. One more opportunity to say, this is a day of grace for you. And you can come to Christ and have the assurance of eternal life. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Not an easy word to hear. But we'd only like to hear about how much God loves us and, and that he loves us so much that everyone someday is going to be with him in Jesus in heaven, in the new heaven and earth. But the Bible tells us otherwise. You have warned us throughout Scripture, through, through, through different times in history, from Noah to Abraham, from the New Testament and beyond, that there is a day that is coming where your mercy is going to expire for mankind. But until that day comes, we can come in repentance. Draw someone to yourself this day. Help them to recognize their sin and their need for a Savior. And we, as your children here this morning, gratefully praise you for the great salvation you've given us in Christ and that there is no condemnation that we dread because of that when this earth and world is someday destroyed. In Jesus' name, everyone say, amen. amen.